Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Technically. Um, unfortunately, not according to our regular schedule. And this is solely because of Valentine. Come out from, from your shadow, Valentine. You know, this this is what we call um, betrayal. Western Sky Mufasa. This is Western... I, do, I don't know. Can't find another example. Yeah, but it is pretty much my fault. Because... Um, uh, Rufaro then called me to do something else when we're supposed to be recording. So it then I couldn't <laughs> then do the recording because Rufaro was like, you know, you need to do this for me. So I was just like, it's okay, it's work. So, you know. How, how did this come back to me? Ed, come it's on. the reversal. You're WWE. The You're the third party in Russia. <laughs> so that's a funny thing. You don't remember? The cool about it. Why this was... <laughs> Like why this reversal is like so crazy for me is uh, a while back, like a few hours ago, I was just, I left YouTube doing this thing and it just recommended me a video of um, uh, one of those hip hop battles between Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. Mm-hmm. And Eminem's, Eminem's uh, diss track responding to uh, Machine Gun Kelly's diss track was just a reversal of all the bars that uh, mm. Machine Gun Kelly had thrown at Eminem. So, so when I when I heard Valentine do this, I was like, "What? The I, I mean, the irony of it is like how like it's a day of reversals." But yeah, my my name is changing officially to Marshall Mwamba. I am the real black. <laughs> oh man! Oh, you you're in trouble now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we're back again, and um, today we're going to be talking about something that's really quite interesting. I, I don't know if if it'll work. I'm, I'm still like on that fence of hey, is this just us trying to bring the first world to Africa? Yet Africa is not ready for the first world. Um, but it seems like um, there are companies that are trying to get us well to a state where Africa is ready for this. So in case you're wondering what we're talking about. Uh, so this electrical vehicle, so um, distributed Africa, uh, distributed power Africa, you you invited this before the podcast. Um, <clears throat> I think I should just say DPA. So DPA, um, they they built some charging stations, um, three of them in Masasa, and the plan is to have around 17 in the near future across um, Zimbabwe with major ones. I, I think one of the most important ones will be um, 150 kilometers between Harare and and Blawayo so that you could actually um, drive from Harare to Blawayo using an electrical vehicle, which is currently not possible, I think, uh, because of the range. Um, so you're then required to charge. So if there's no charging station in between, guess what? Um, you run out of power and that's it. So that's then the question of, okay, what they've started to do building these charging stations is it making um, electrical vehicles feasible for Zimbabwe? Maybe. It's, it's a hard maybe for me. Like, the thing with Zimbabweans is, I'm speaking for Zimbabweans, if you're offended, you're welcome. Um, it's it's so difficult to get Zimbabweans onto new things. Like, we're so used to the things we know. So telling someone that you could essentially power a car like this. I'm not saying people are that close-minded. Of course not. It's just familiarity <laughs> with something is everything. Oh, man, the like pitchforks are, are coming for you, Valentine. I, 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 I hope they do. 
so it's the whole familiarity thing. even for me like it's difficult for me to then shift from one service to another because i'm like used to what i'm used to like even now being given an electric car the whole sound of it and everything will be off because you were all used to the engine noise and it being quiet is unnerving even for like when like reviewers when they do car reviews and they review teslas or whatever they like it's, it's unnervingly quiet and it's fast like that's just not normal um beyond that it's just a new form of technology is not the best way I'm, I'm pretty sure with the older generation probably not but with the millennials gen what are they gen z gen z i'm guessing it'll probably be a lot more popular if they have the money to buy it that's of course but it, it will it'll take a while because um as ed will attest electric cars sometimes are not the ch- cheapest things in the world um and depend it actually depends on which car you which kind you want like do you want a battery electric vehicle do you want a uh, plug-in hybrid so yeah, battery electric is pure battery power. So your Teslas, um, your Nissan Leafs. Although I think the Leaf has got a, a hybrid plug-in version. Um, and then hybrid plug-ins are like the ones that use like the internal combustion engine as well as having a charging element, uh, a battery element to it. So the range isn't that fantastic for the battery, but then it just helps you with mileage uh, because for city driving, you can just where most of the consumption happens to stop-start traffic. You can pretty much do that all electric, all electric, depending on your on your range. So you save a bunch in fuel. Like the downside is obviously like if you're going to service a hub in, a plug-in hybrid, hub in plug-in, a plug-in hybrid, plug-in <laughs> um, <laughs> like it's it's expensive. Like um, because you you're dealing now with two systems. You're dealing essentially mm-hmm. with the internal combustion element of it and the, the the electric motor element of it. So if your battery goes kaput, hey, yeah, it's going to be difficult oh, to fix. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so I think so so I think I think from my end um it if the charging stations are spread out well enough and they are at places of convenience um I think it will work out because um I would like to believe that uh car purists so car purists like probably me and Valentine the guys that want to feel the mechanics of the car I don't think yeah. we are that many in in Zim, I, w- I would love to believe a lot of the people, like just looking at uh, most of the popular cars that are there, uh, they're not really exciting vehicles to drive. So I don't think that's the main motivation of a lot of car buyers in Zimbabwe. A lot of car buyers are looking at how cheap it is to run, how cheap it is to maintain, and if it can take them from point A to B. So it then, it then falls on the charging network and the convenience of the car as well, in terms of it being a success. So, uh, so for example, I've seen a bunch of Nissan in Harare, like a bunch, and this is excluding like the via via electric taxis, just uh, private vehicles. I think I've seen a bunch of electric vehicles, especially the Nissan Leafs, and it shows that there is a market for them. They are gaining popularity people don't mind um having a dulled out car that does not um yeah that does not really it's it's all about the getting from point a to point b part and so and so yeah i believe there is potential but the charging the charging that's that's where the trick is at so for me, I'm I'm actually one of those people who's like, um, yeah, I'm open to the idea of getting an electric car. Uh, it's just that, like, the can I keep it charged? Number one, number two, 
and I don't know much about um, charging stations and stuff, but are these going to be dependent on Zesa? Uh, because like if they are, it kind of defeats the whole purpose because you know, uh, we don't have Zesa sometimes and it might be like all the time, um, but if they're depending on solar, yeah, um, I, th I, I think it, um, it would make sense to, to improve that. But yeah, please someone answer that. Do charging stations rely on CESA or solar? Uh, because it's, it's very key to my opinion on whether this will change anything or not. Well, to be honest, I haven't seen the ones in Masasa. Um, but from the information we got from the EPA, uh, well, it, the, the ones they're going to install for corporates are coming with their solar installation, their usual corporate solar installation, social, 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 solar installation package. What's happening to me today? So, yeah, um, English is not your first language. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they said they're going to they're going to pack it. Well, they're going to, you know, offer them to corporates, um, which are the biggest, you know, if corporates take because they've got massive fleets. So if they begin to adopt um, EVs with solar uh, with um, solar charging stations attached to them, it, then the ripple effect will be massive for the rest of us and probably will help Zessa a bit. I'm sure some of them will rely on Zessa, uh, you know, it, you know, but. DPA is an independent power producer, so they could just pretty much hook up their own uh, their charging stations to their own grid, so it doesn't go down. Because I'm pretty much there. I'm pretty much sure that they are aware that um, Zesa does have its ups and downs. So if you're going to set up a network and people to for people to then trust that network, they'll have to then it will have to be then consistent. So oh, yeah. in the event that there is no Zesa in an area, you can just use your 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 charge station is still you know working. So if you do have an EV. You might as well go charge it up. Or we'll be able to charge it up. Yeah, and also like um, looking at the the mechanics of the of those charging stations. Um, I think just trying to answer the technical bit of Rufaro's question. Um, so the electricity we get like from Zesa is yeah typically for like home appliances and stuff, um, and it's good to a point when it comes to. Uh, electric appliances but when it comes to electronic devices you then need to condition that power so that it doesn't mess about with the electronics so uh, uh, <clears throat> sorry the charging station for an ev is pretty much the same as the smart the charger for your smartphone in the in the sense that it'll then convert whatever power source it's receiving whether it's from zesa whether it's from a generator whether it's from solar panels it's going to convert that power into the sort of power that works best for electric vehicles. And um, that is why they exist. It's basically just uh, producing power for that particular device that needs the power, which in this case is an electric vehicle. So it's something that I would think um, service stations would take advantage of. So. Um, Total is one of those service stations in Zim that has been pushing hard on like um, converting all their service stations to use solar. So I know the Total service station at Ash Brittle, they converted like a section of the car park. They put know, so roofs cool, on the car park and, you know, it's all solar panels and stuff. It looks fancy. So I would assume that such establishments would also then put maybe one or two electric vehicle charges just to, you know, expand 
the network and just make it more convenient for for EVs. And actually, a bunch of the EVs that I've been spotting, I've actually spotted them around the Belgravia, Mount Pleasant, Emerald Hill area. So, you know, I don't know. It must make sense that they just put those there. But yeah, um, the technical bit of charging stations, that's just the point I just tried to put across there. Mm, thank you very much, Ed. Um, you always teach us a lot, you know, like, ah, that's a tangent for another day. Today we're sticking um, to the story. Um, so so what other starting blocks might be there for, for electrical vehicles to to be um, adopted widely in, in our, I know we mentioned cost, uh, we mentioned the issue of, uh, on cost actually, are they like that expensive? Like what's the difference? Um, between like the normal car that people buy every day and the Nissan Leaf, I think is the next closest thing. Well, I think it depends. Well, the, the whole thing hinges upon that. And I'm sure Ed and I have talked about this before is like Zim's whole uh, car scene is predominantly secondhand. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's going to go out there and buy a car, it's, it's probably coming from Japan and secondhand. And if you go on B4 or any of those sites, you'll see, um, uh, you know, Priuses and, uh, Nissan Leafs and a, a variety of number of uh, plug-in hybrids and BEVs, battery electric vehicles on sale. The problem now is that if you bring it in, um, and I'm not sure about this, but the battery degradation is an issue, right, for some of those models. Yeah. So if you're going to buy one secondhand, it's going to mean that the maintenance costs are going to come, you know, probably sooner than if you bought one new. So it'll be cheaper to buy overall and probably bring in, but then to maintain it might be difficult depending on the state of the car as as, as you found it. So I've checked out before a bunch of times looking for um, just what how, how much they cost. Um, yeah, you can get one, but again, the, the one big niggle is, okay, if I get it in Zim, if it then comes, where am I going to service it? Mm. So the next issue is obviously servicing. So I'm not sure. Uh, maybe Ed, you might know a place that's, that started uh, servicing EVs. But the only thing I'm aware of is importers like uh, Talk uh, Talksim, they or Talk Zimbabwe. They bring in, I think they're shifting their whole business model towards EVs. Although they do still do regular vehicles, um, but other companies are not too sure. And servicing again, are there any OEM like uh, service centers or manufacturer service centers in uh, in Zim? Because if I if I, if I say anything, I'll just pretty much be guessing. <laughs> at least you um, can get you know <laughs> so so at the moment i'm i'm actually not aware um there was some news that uh, nissan is planning on building a service center for electric vehicles in zim so there might be some prospect for that and i think it also makes sense because a majority of the battery electric vehicles that are available right now or fully electric vehicles are Nissan Leafs and majority of like um, hybrid vehicles are Toyota Priuses. So um, I think best bet right now is Nissan. And I would love to believe that Toyota might have something in place for the, um, the hybrid vehicles that are there in the market. I am not too sure, I'm guessing, uh, but yeah, I think that's where we stand. It's still pretty tricky knowing whether um, there are 
places where electric vehicles can be serviced. But hey, if the audience knows a place, get us up in the comments. I mean, we'd love to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I hope they do this because like, uh, I saw some comments uh, on, on, on Twitter, was it Facebook? Someone says, oh, now I can finally buy my Tesla. And I'm like, mm, okay. Yeah, I probably could, but yeah, you're pretty much going to have to send it to South Africa to be serviced. I'm sure South Africa has got, because they've got those uh, Tesla superchargers, right? In South Africa, so pretty sure they, that's the only way you can get it serviced. So I think the point is just, you know, thinking small. Um, and my recommendation is obviously a plug-in electric hybrid. Like if, if you do have an option of one or the other, especially for a transition sake, yeah, I think a uh, plug-in electric hybrid will probably be the best because I'm sure you could probably get assistance with that much more readily than you would a battery electric vehicle, depending on if then, the manufacturer. But then earlier you were saying it's more expensive to service that because there's two systems. And outside of that, isn't it um, electrical vehicles are cheaper than, like, for example, if you're buying fuel? So why would you still try to have an expense that's a, a little bit costlier than the other one? Uh, well, I only say that because of the sake of transition. Um, that those who can actually afford, because I, I we I talked about this one, like those who can actually afford to get these these cars will probably get plug-in electric hybrids. Because one of my neighbors actually has a Corolla hybrid, and mm-hmm. I asked him, like, "What did you get that?" He's like, "No, it was easier for me to transition. Like it was, it it felt natural to use it because it had a internal combustion element, and it's a, um, you know, fig- like getting it serviced. He wasn't worried too much about the cost. So I, I then prefaced, I then prefaced that like those who can actually afford can get plug-in electric hybrids because it'll then help adoption you know downstream so for the rest of us who are you know hoping to purchase our first car soon um if these plug if the people who can afford them the those being businesses the government and um you know just well well off people if they can adopt those things we can then get a knock-on effect of but you know if we get a swathe of them we then get an improvement in the network of um of uh what are they called of charging stations so, you know, and he even said that I, I preferred the plug-in electric hybrid because I didn't want the whole range anxiety thing. That since they went mm-hmm. to the charging stations in Zimbabwe locally, I, I wouldn't have to worry about, well, am I going to get home? Or am I going to have to get, get towed home because the, the battery ran out of, uh, the car ran out of juice. So that's another thing. So if it starts from the top, I think by the time it gets to the rest of us, I think we, we can comfortably, like, give it some years, we will comfortably be able to just get battery electric vehicles. But some people mm-hmm. will have to be sacrificed. And so, if you're, so if you're just like guessing, how long do you think it will take for, for Zim to be there, um, to be for electrical vehicles to be adopted? 20 years, 10, 5? It doesn't really have a timeline. Like for me, I think if, if the government does one thing and, you know, urges on independent power producers and ZESA themselves to improve the grid and also mm-hmm. use, um, like companies like DPA, independent power producers who create uh, mini grids to to like to put more emphasis on that and then say, oh, one condition is that you have to put X amount of uh, uh, charge points. Then I can say and probably, I, again, to the audience, this is just a guesstimate on my part. Five to 10 years, it wouldn't be uncommon to go to a service station and not get a port where you can charge your electric vehicle because the incentive will be there that a, you know, um, you can build a grid, you can do this, but then you're going to get someone to charge your car or these um, 
independent power producers will then give people places to charge their cars. Um, also, I think um, another important thing is, again, what I said before, is uh, adoption from the top coming down. If the government replaces a significant portion of its fleet with electric vehicles, like especially the town run-around cars, like if yeah. you then just replace those with, with, with uh, plug-in electric hybrids or BEVs, that'll then help because the government will, will then be dependent on, you know, Charging electric speed. vehicles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that will then force them to say, we need more charging stations. So, um, and then again, the world to do people, if you've got the money to do it, you know, I, I'm guessing you should, unless you're, you're, if, you're, if you're not a car purist, then probably not, but, you know, start from the top, then trickles to the down. So when we start buying um, secondhand uh, electric vehicles on B4, for example, I won't be scared because I'll know in five to 10 years that, oh no, we'll have a service center, um, you know, where I can get it checked out when, when it comes in to check out where the batteries and et cetera. Uh, I'll have a, char- I'll have multiple charge points um, close to home, even at home or, you know, where I work or whatever. So yeah, I, I guess where I work is I work from home. So I, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, guys, I'm not a car fanatic, um, so I pretty much read, reach my limit very quickly. Um, okay, so, so I got a question for you, Rufaro. Yes. Given the option, since you're not a car fanatic, mm-hmm. if there were if there were like two charging stations on your frequented route or one on your frequented route, like today, would you seriously consider getting electric vehicle? Um, yes, so the thing is, Kuti, uh, okay, one, I don't travel that often, two, I don't travel that far, so my route is already a very short route. So put a charging station there, um, I'm pretty much not going to have a reason, or rather, uh, my reasons not to get one um, are reduced. Uh, of course, there are still those trips where you might venture outside of like your normal um, frequented route. Um, and in those cases, it might then be like, okay, do I then want to be tied down? If it's a hybrid, makes sense. Like what you're saying, like what your neighbor was saying, like I would buy, I, I buy that. It's logical. Get the hybrid. If it fails, um, like if you run out of power, you can just switch to fuel. Um, so it would make sense in that case. In terms of uh, what you call it, service centers. Um, so again, because I don't travel that often, wear and tear is not going to happen that often. Uh, because I'm using the car less often. So it would last longer, thereby I could theoretically, I think, um, get one without feeling the anxiety of, okay, if something goes wrong, where am I going to get it fixed? But then again, why would I get a car um, and just keep it like that? Um, like just, it's just in the garage. It's not going anywhere. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, you know me. I try to be efficient, so I don't think that's efficient. Um, it's actually efficient because they say that electric vehicles are probably for those people who don't travel a lot. So, you know, you can just leave it charging or, you know, leave it at full charge and then use it when you can. So, again, it, I think it's, it's actually optimized for people who, in this environment, we're working from home or where some people are working from home and your route isn't that long. I think it'll be a worthwhile investment to get a battery electric vehicle. Uh, so if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry? So the efficiency is coming from a use of money point of view. Like I'm buying something that I will not utilize that often. Um, I don't know. It's like it's like building a house somewhere and then you just keep it empty. It's like. But then again, look, but then again, look at it like this. You in the routes that you travel, you probably save a lot more on 
you know, fuel money in comparison to an electric vehicle. Because if you're using ZS charges, then uh, this is why I tag in Ed, because I never remember ZS charges. Like, this is something <laughs> that I. Oh, man. Yeah, even I, like, I've lost track of them. But, like, um, I still remember way back when I, when I did a, a comparison of EVs and, uh, and petrol-powered vehicles just to see, like, the difference in, in running costs. Uh, it looked like EVs were close to, like, eight or, yeah, about eight or ten times cheaper to run in terms of refueling. Uh, or rather recharging <laughs> than uh, petrol powered vehicles. So yeah, I hope that is where it's still at. If that is where it's still at, then yeah, you know what's cheaper. <laughs> so I've got a question for Ed and we're gonna exclude Rafar for a moment because it's gonna be car talk. Sorry, Rafar, <laughs> but Ed. I've yeah. muted my mic. <laughs> so <laughs> if I was ever gonna buy an electric car, it'll be the Porsche yeah. Taycan. Like that, or the um, there's an Alfa Romeo GT Junior styled electric car that they have. Well, some company made one. Those are the only two like electric vehicles I buy. Other than that, you know what it is, man. Why? Volvo <laughs> 1800. Because <laughs> because it's uh, you know petrol and a stick is life. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Because I think so, I think the. the, the Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, go on. You can finish off before I start my rant. <laughs> okay, cool. So I'm saying the, the, the Taycan, I've been watching videos of it, and I'm like, I'm super impressed by just what Porsche do. Like, they, like from what, what, what the reviews are saying, they made an electric car feel like a Porsche. Like, I was like... Yeah. Yeah. Also, it can do those multiple, like, the, 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 the drag starts over and over and over and over again. I think the Tesla can only do that. What It's... it's whatever power up mode once or twice it has to cool down but Porsche was just yeah. like hold my beer you can do it whenever you want like you can challenge hellcats and and and, and vipers whenever you choose so yeah tesla <laughs> tesla is not it okay guys i can <laughs> tesla in it elon so, is lying to y'all so yeah like <laughs> so so that's a that's a very interesting and hot topic debate because um um i mean people shouldn't deny the fact that in terms of electric vehicle technology, Tesla is ahead. Like looking at an electric vehicle uh, drivetrain, um, they've done a lot to extract as much performance from the batteries as they can. And it works, like that's what's getting it all the headlines. And then you then have uh, mainstream manufacturers like your traditional car manufacturers, your Porsches, your Mercedes, your Toyotas, they're also venturing into those fully electric vehicles as well. And, and their approach is different from what Tesla's doing. So I would say there are two types of people who might enjoy, who are they in the market for an electric vehicle. So I think I'll describe them best by just looking at the advantages of I'll just say Tesla versus every other electric vehicle manufacturer right now. So um, right now, Tesla is still the range king when it comes to how far you can go before you need to recharge. And 
that's an advantage for someone who's not really a car guy and just wants a vehicle that can reliably take them from point A to point B. It's the range. And then the second one is in those developed countries in Europe and in America. And I think to some extent in South Africa compared to the rest of Africa, uh, Tesla is the widest network of chargers, of charging stations. So when it comes to range anxiety, you're much better off with um, a Tesla than with any other electric vehicle, simply because of that fact. So if you are just that simple person who just wants something that works and something that takes you from point A to B, or even if you're a new person to cars, it's your first car that you're buying and you have no expectations of what a car should be or should feel like, then you're most likely going to see Tesla as your best option. But if you are a Valentine <laughs> or to some extent an Ed, <laughs> then yeah. you're gonna, you're really going to want to jump onto the more established car brands because as much as Tesla has made great strides in making an excellent electric vehicle, in extracting the most performance from an electric vehicle, these established car brands have spent years, decades, some of them even centuries, just perfecting the car. So we're talking the driving dynamics, we're talking the production lines, which then provide the level of build quality that a car person or a, an, or an existing car owner that satisfies such a person, you have to go for those guys. The build quality, the materials that they use, um, the feel of the vehicle when you're driving it, because these are guys that have been making what I would term emotional vehicles for the longest time. And for a car guy, it's that emotion that you're trying to look for from any vehicle that you drive, regardless of it being electric hybrid or um, internal combustion, like the standard petrol diesel engines. So yeah, I'm, I'm still on the fence because taking one means you are sacrificing the benefits of the other. So if I was going to prefer driving dynamics, Tesla is not on the list. I'm most probably going with a Porsche Taycan Turbo S or I'm going with uh, probably a Jaguar E, uh, is it the E-Pace or the I-Pace? I don't know, I confused the two, but one, I think it must be the E-Pace um, or some other car brands that are emotional, that give the driving dynamics that I will enjoy whilst I'm driving. It's, it's like your, I think it's, it's more like a tool. Whenever you buy a tool, maybe it's your smartphone or your laptop, um, there's a person who's just going to buy it because they just want to type their documents and then get it over and done with. And then there are some people who get it because they like how it performs. They like the features it has, the sound, the display quality, the audio quality, the build in terms of the materials, the tactility of the keyboards and all those nitty gritties. That's the traditional car guy. And if you you can take that, but at the expense of something else. So ah, I'm torn. 
I am I am really torn because um, both of them have such strong cases that they make for themselves that are tough to just choose over the other. Might end up just having both for the fun of it. <laughs> can I can can I kill the Tesla dream for you, Ed? Kill it, kill it, try it, kill so, it, stomp on. So it. <laughs> I, was, I was on YouTube a couple of days ago and I was watching this dude in America. I'll send you the link actually of apparently okay. he wants to fix Tesla's DIY. So he wants every Tesla owner to be able to fix their own car, right? And that's one thing every car guy likes is that at some point you should have some degree of, I can do this, you know? Yeah. So Tesla doesn't like that. Tesla has the apple of cars. Yes. They would rather you send it through <laughs> Tesla and get it fixed and then come back with it rather than for you to do it by yourself. So he's kind of been fighting. Yes. Tesla. I think it was on Vice. I forgot his name. It was on, on Vice and he was just like, yeah, you know, I've got cease and desist and stuff from Tesla saying, oh, no, you know, you can't, um, you know, do this or that. And he's actually pretty much refurbishing Tesla. So he finds um, what they call uh, salvage title cars or cars that become salvage title in America. And then he just, you know, okay. fixes them up. So for you as a DIY guy, I don't think you'd be too happy, you know, not to get hands on, especially with stuff that's electrical, stuff that you're used to, you know, uh, getting hands dirty with. I'm pretty sure all the other stuff, there is a manual somewhere. Where you could probably like, yeah, you know what, I can just sort it out myself. But for Tesla, it's kind of like they won't send you the parts because I'm pretty sure the, the traditional manufacturers will be like, yeah, listen, do it yourself if you want to. Like, as you know that that voids your warranty, but you, the parts are available on on the market, so you can fix it yourself. Mm-hmm. But with Tesla, it's kind of gonna be like, and you know, what? The, <laughs> that's actually the exact the, the exact point I, I was thinking of when you said, "Let me kill the dream for you." The fact that Tesla will not actually, even if you have the money. They're not going to sell you the parts to repair your vehicle. They want you to send it to uh, to them. So, yeah, that's 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 one of those things where you start you start asking yourself, like, um, especially for me, a guy who loves tinkering, uh, is it is it worth it? And again, it brings back the issue of reliability in the sense that how reliable is this? We already know, or rather, it's uh, it's in the news out there that Teslas have um, a reputation of not being up to scratch when it comes to quality. So the paint quality, the panel gaps, sometimes some features of the car aren't working as well out of the box. So, you know, it might be stuff that I can say, ah, it's, it's just, uh, I just need to reconfigure this, this light so that uh, it communicates well with the rest of the car. But then Tesla doesn't offer you the tools to do that yourself. So, you know, I have to send it to a service center for something that's a re- that's really a two-minute job. And, you know, the hassles involved in that, which are some of the hassles that I'll be running away from if I go for an electric vehicle from a mainstream manufacturer, because most likely they have a production line, they have a part supplier and all that. So it's easy for you to just sort them out yourself. And because these guys try to cut costs, um, the mainstream manufacturers, because of cost cutting, you'll find out that a lot of components in their vehicles are legacy components or are components borrowed from either their previous gen cars or other cars that are within their production line. So it might not necessarily be another electric vehicle. It can be a hybrid or it can be a an internal combustion engine, stuff like the brakes, stuff like the wheels and tires, 
and some components of the interior. So it's those things where you're like, with Tesla, it's a pain, but with these other guys, it's something that I can work around. And uh, yeah, like I said, and I, I think I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna end up choosing both <laughs> because man, they, like I said, they both make strong cases for themselves. So it's difficult to, to just out of the blue, just pick one, like, yeah, if you were to hold a gun to my head, I think I'll die deciding. <laughs> That's a shame, man, because that legitimately would just go for um for the for the Taycan. I would also the which which Ferrari was it? I know these these are high number, but this is a dream. These are high number vehicles, but this is a dream. There's a Ferrari that they said it would be fully electric. Because Ferrari went back on their word and said, Oh, like they said they were never gonna make an electric car. They're apparently gonna make one now. So I'll go for you know the, the 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 thoroughbred manufacturers because Tesla for me I think you mentioned it's like a car for people who don't like cars. A car is a utility. It's just huh? so, someone. Does someone talk? Does someone say my name? Yes, someone <laughs> like cars. yes I don't like cars. Tesla like is the perfect thorough. car for me. You just yes. need something to go from point A to point B. It works great. It looks nice. Tesla's look decent. They don't look ugly, uh, at least in my opinion. But what do I know Someone about said, cars? <laughs> Someone said they look plain and simplicity. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. But exactly. Yeah. So plain in terms of they are so simple. Yeah, but like, yeah. like carry on. But why would you want a plain car? Like, like for example, if I had an <laughs> option right now to have a Tesla or like a Toyota JZX100 or a Chaser, I'd probably go for the Chaser. It's just dramatic. Like. It just looks like it's gonna be fun. I think, I think it's the same reason like, why why people buy iPhones instead of Androids. That oh hey, it's just simple, it works. And yeah, even though yeah. if Android sounds not sounds, even though it's like fancier, it's got more features, you can tinker with it, do a lot with it. Like what you said, Tesla is the Apple of cars. I don't own an iPhone, but yeah, I would I'd buy a Tesla, I think. Uh, well, I don't know. It's for me it just doesn't like it doesn't it's not even an option for me to get a tesla it's not like i hate tesla i like the fact that musk kind of pushed the conventional car industry to be like yeah guys listen you can actually make uh electric vehicles viable you can make them in vogue and stuff like that um but then i think because of someone who doesn't speak the car language and not that you should but who doesn't speak look at the, look at the cyber truck what what was that like did they go into the first halo game and just decide to you know what guys this will do i'm like yeah no i like the the boldness but i'm like I, I will not be caught on first street or even fourth street in that. So no, like, no, I'm, I'm like, no, like the hammer, the electric hammer. That is, that was insane. That blew my mind. I was like, okay, all right. Cybertruck no more. This is the one to get. So I, I think <laughs> Musk and Tesla don't speak the car language. They don't speak, you know, petrolhead language. And those are the people you need to convert. People like me who are just, who would rather see the planet burn rather than, you know, go for Teslas. Because to be honest, I, I would, Get Ed, do you remember on Top Gear that the Brutus, the, the one that had the, the the Spitfire engine, the 16 liter V12? Yes, yes, the 16 liter that, V12. I would rather have that as my daily driver than a Tesla, to be honest. Inconveniences at all. But <laughs> so to, to those that are not familiar with this car, um, it was it's a car, it's a it's a very old car. 30s maybe i don't know like it's it's a very old car and 
it didn't have any mufflers or any silencers or any of, of those particular particulate filter nonsense that we have nowadays. It was just a pipe coming directly from the engine to the air. And so if you revved it up too high, it would uh, spit some boiling hot oil in your face because again, these cars didn't have roofs on them and they had really uh, like a really small windshield. Like you couldn't even fit a wiper on it because it was so tiny and you had to wear it with goggles if you're going to drive it. So yeah, uh, that's the Brutus. It was just a violent, loud, powerful thing. It will just, yeah, it was, it was a savage. That's, yeah, that's pretty much it. And he would prefer that over a test. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, to humbly put the meeting back in its owner's hands, sorry, Rufaro, we'd sand like you for a bit there. Um, you can take it away. I'm taking it away to the end. <laughs> I listen to you guys and something else. Uh, but that's where I would take it. Uh, I was not sleeping, I promise. Um, I listened to what you guys were saying. Um, <laughs> Very insightful. I learned a lot. Don't ask me what I learned, okay? I just know I learned a lot. Um, so yeah, thank you everyone for for tuning in with us um, again um, and for listening. Uh, let us know your thoughts on electric vehicles. Do you think Teslas are trash, like Valentine, or are you like Ed and you're like, don't even ask me to choose. I don't even know. Uh, or are you like me and you're saying Teslas are the best thing because we need the person who roots for Tesla in this three-way um, dynamics. So yeah, um, that's that time um, for and uh, catch you on the next one. Who says catch you on the next one? Ah, I can't steal that one. Au revoir. <laughs> you could have just said catch you on the rebound slick, but okay. Someone yeah. says that. Someone else says that. Yeah, so I know someone else says that. I don't remember who, but yeah, I know someone says that. The meat was, I think, so, on yeah. so yeah, because I remember that from. Well, I just say bye. So bye. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>